Welcome to the Wealthy After Divorce podcast. Jackie Ressler, a divorce financial planner with almost 25 years experience, and myself, Melissa Freidenberg, financial advisor with Pearl Planning. We are both certified divorce financial analysts and your co-hosts. If you're thinking about divorce or in the process of divorce, this is a time for you to take a deep breath and give yourself permission to gain clarity on the financial decision you're facing. While the term wealth typically refers to money and possessions, we know that truly being wealthy means a whole lot more. Together with our guests on this podcast, we will help you live wealthy after divorce. Hi, this is Jackie Ressler. I am very excited today to be joined by one of the preeminent quadro experts in Michigan, my former business partner and the amazing father of my children, Dave Ressler of Divorce Solutions. Thank you. Thank you very much. Why don't we start off by talking about um, realistic expectations? So when the divorce is finished, uh, a lot of times as the divorce is just being you know completed, everyone signs the agreement and the attorney may or may not tell the client, go get your quadro done. They might reach out to you. And then sometimes I, I think it might be a year or, or longer yeah. before clients actually get around to filling out their forms and... Um, so can you tell us a little bit about the process and why it's important for clients to get started on that as soon as possible? Oh, sure. Absolutely. It, yeah, I would say it happens uh, all the time that uh, six months can go by in the blink of an eye and and all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, we got to go deal with that. And especially uh, these days, the market was doing so phenomenal in 2020, 2021. And then all of a sudden, seemingly just really turned uh, 180 degrees and everything started uh, going down. And now the question becomes, okay, well, what does that mean for my, what my ex is going to get out of, uh, you know, our retirement accounts? So yeah, there's never, um, no time like the present and you need to uh, address it right away as soon as possible and, and get that process going. So in general, what does it mean when the accounts are going down? Um, and let's say that you're working with the, you're talking on the phone to the person who owns the 401k account. What, what is the typical, um, sure. the typical outcome for the, for them? Right. Well, typically the judgment's going to say, you know, 50% or whatever, as of the date of divorce and, you know, maybe 60, 70% of the time it'll say gains or losses. A lot of times it's silent about gains or losses and, and then that becomes kind of an open question. Right? How much do you want to litigate it uh, to to fight about whether gains or losses are you know included or not? Uh, so, but yeah, generally that's going to be a, you know whatever the date of the divorce is, that's the date we're going to use, and then it's gains or losses from that point to whatever date it gets distributed. So, market fluctuations, generally speaking, are supposed to be impacted. You know, usually on on both sides, it's contributions you know, after the date of divorce uh, that, that usually wouldn't be included. The other thing is, you know, most or a lot of uh, the financial institutions will only produce statements uh, at month end or quarter end. So you might have, a, you know, a judgment that says, you know, your divorce is May 15th, but the closest statement we can get is March 31st. 
and uh, sometimes people have to go online or go somehow do some extra work to actually produce a statement that shows the value of the account on on that particular day. And so, depending on how cooperative they are, that may or may not happen. Right. 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 So maybe they should look in their judgment of divorce, their settlement agreement to see if their award includes gains and losses. Um, and right. if it, I guess, it depends what side of that they're on, whether or not they, they're hoping that it does or it doesn't. Um, what about once the, once the process gets started and clients start to fill out your forms? Um, I've had a few clients lately that have been really confused by some of your competitors' forms <laughs> and where they go to fill them out and they're That's asking good. for the client to do a lot of the legwork. So a lot of research sure. on, you know, what's the phone number for the plan administrator? Who is the plan administrator? Um, is that is that common for when someone reaches out to your firm? How do you handle those kinds of questions? Right. I try to limit as much as I can whatever interaction they're going to have to do because. I don't think the average person would even know what questions they would need to ask. Uh, 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 so I wouldn't expect them to have that kind of experience. I even try to take the information over the phone if I can. Wouldn't even have them waste the time filling out some electronic form. You know, everybody knows your address and social security number and date of birth off the top of your head. You don't really need to put it on a piece of paper. So uh, I try to make it as easy as possible. Um, I guess that's just being, uh, you know, doing this kind of thing for so long. Uh, yeah, right. doesn't that's make any awesome. sense. More obstacles. Yeah. What, uh, do you, so do you have like a, um, how do you go about, do you have like a magic way to find that information for clients? Um, well, uh, yeah, you know, if you've it's... done it so long, uh, know how to do it. Right. I, you know, most companies here in the Detroit area, I probably divided their 401ks and pensions and whatever, you know, more than once. So I probably know, you know, the people behind the scenes better than the clients are going to know them anyway. Every now and again, we'll get, you know, some, some uh, you know, Acme Widgets company that maybe only has 20 or 30 employees and they may not even know what Quadro stands for. Uh, so even in that situation, again, I, I wouldn't have the client call because they don't know what to ask. And the people that they're going to be asking of don't know what to answer anyway. So right. uh, that it's just uh, the blind leading the blind. So, um, but so that's why attorneys right. need to go because it's, it's less expensive for the client to go with someone with this detailed kind of expertise. Well, I hope so. <laughs> so once they, once they reach out to you, how long... How long does the process take for them to get sure. the check in their hand? Right. So um, we, we have a process where they could pay a little bit more and we'd have it expedited and I'd have that done in, in a day or two. Uh, short of that, with my turnaround time, the last year and a half or so, it's been right about three weeks, four weeks, pretty consistently since the, the uh, pandemic. So somewhere in that time, we'll have a quadro draft in three or four weeks. Uh, from there, it's supposed to get signed by the parties and the judge. So I never really know how long that's going to take. Uh, and then for most places, I can get them pre-approved. So once the order is signed by the judge and submitted back to the plan administrator, it would get processed you know, fairly quickly. Uh, but even then, every company, the way they process those is going to be different. So it's hard. And, and one of the things that we do try to tell people the first time we talk to them is precisely that sort of a time frame that 
every case is different and and they might have a friend who got divorced a couple of years ago and it you know went real real easy for them and right. and that might be they might have a similar experience but they might have the opposite experience so just trying to set some expectations right at the the onset uh, so that that uh, you know two months three months into it they're not surprised that they're still you know fighting with their ex uh, right. about them. and I think too with the pandemic um there was, there's been a, I, I see a slowdown on the administrative side, um, whether that means that there are less people working in those departments that are approving quadros or, but it just seems like it's taking longer um, to get them approved in the paperwork. And then there's always a, a mandatory holding period for a lot of them where they have, they put everything on hold for 30 days for people to file an objection. Well, in the courts too, I, I'm told that Wayne County is really slow. That people submit things and it takes 30 or 60 days to get the judge to sign it. So, you know, they're, they're not going to release any money until they get the judge's signature on it. So again, just trying to educate or explain to people that, you know, these are things that are out of your control. And what um, what do you do? What, what can you do to help clients if they most often I'll see a judgment of divorce that says the parties are going to split the fee to have the quadro prepared. But if you can't get the person who's losing their money to pay their half of the fee, um, what do you recommend? Do you recommend that people just wait until they can get their spouse to pay? (laughs) Do you recommend, I mean, is there anything that, um, you know, that you would tell someone when they call your office and and that's the problem? Sure. Sure. Well, we always offer the, the opportunity that they can just front the whole $500 or $1,000 or whatever it is. And then to the extent that's possible, given whatever we're dividing, we would try to reimburse uh, them from the retirement plan. Uh, Some people, you know, you know your spouse, right? You know if that person's going to pay uh, or not. A lot of times people say, no, I'm pretty sure, but tell me if he doesn't pay after two weeks or three weeks and I'll pay the other half. And so, you know, we give people that opportunity to just have some dialogue about it. People respect that that you're having that conversation and trying to anticipate uh, some of those um, you know, speed bumps. Um, a, a lot of times, um, well, again, every case is a little bit different, but uh, for, for, to the extent that we can, you know, reimburse them uh, from the plan, we certainly would. Uh, there are other kinds of plans, like a pension plan, where they don't really have the ability to get a lump sum you know, five hundred dollars, or you know, in addition to their monthly payment. So, on those situations, the the spouse um, has to just kind of eat it if they can't get their ex to pay. They just have to pay the. It's only five hundred dollars, and but the trade off is you're going to get a lifetime income every month for the rest of your life. So the economics of it makes sense to just pay the extra couple of bucks, get it done, get it out of the way, and maybe talk to your lawyer about some kind of a you know, money judgment or, or try to get it from somewhere else uh, that uh, when you have finances between the two of you uh, to try right. to even. Yeah, I think that you, you, I mean, you hit the nail on the head too. Like, I think the idea that the timing is so important and if you are waiting for the other person to pay, but yet you need a big lump sum of money, um, they can move the money into an IRA account while you're debating back and forth. And so sometimes it's just better to get, you know, like you said, the additional fee is not that much. Usually for $250 that they might have to front, um, that might be better than not having the money be there when, uh, by the time that it, it actually gets done. So 
Um, It sounds like you have a lot of conversations with clients. So you're, there's a lot of communicating going on when they, um, when they reach out to you that you're helping with. Do you, um, do you ever give any, are there any tips that you have that are certain kinds of people that call that have done things that you think are really valuable that you would recommend that um, people listening to this might, might do to make their, their life easier in dealing with the quadro? Sure, sure. One of the things that I uh, always impresses me when people uh, come in, uh, you know, meet with me or, or we talking over the phone, I can hear them taking notes. And so um, for, for a lot of people, this is information and things that you never experienced. Most people never heard of a quadro. It's such a foreign thing to never even know that it's out there. So, and, and it can be anything in, in the divorce process. You're getting, you're having so many different things thrown at you between you know, uh, spousal support and child support and visitation and all those other things that are going on in your world, it's always a good idea to, to try to keep a, a journal or a notebook where you're writing down various uh, information that's thrown at you so you can go back and, and you know, reread what happened in, in any given day and know, oh, I needed to, I need to get more information. I don't know what that quadro thing is. What is and then you can go Google it in your free time and read you know what? What does that mean? And and get your get uh, your head around what what exactly that's about, and ask more questions. And um, but you know, so having a journal, having uh, you know a note system that that keeps you that uh, helps you sort of self manage yourself and your process and questions that you have, and then that way when you're talking to your lawyer or your quadru person or your financial advisor. You can go back and say, you know, I someone said this to me, and I didn't understand what they were talking. Can you tell me? Can you, you know, make this to simplify this for me and help me understand what that's? It just helps you feel more in control of your world than uh, um, just kind of free willing it. I love that tip. That's a great one. Um, the other thing that we know I w- that I was thinking about is you have so much information to give out to clients. And I think that there's this tendency to feel like when you're going through the divorce process that you, um, you know, the attorneys will send out the settlement agreement to the client to review. They don't know what they're looking at when they look at the pension language. Um, and it can, um, it can make a difference what wording is used. Is there, uh, would you ever take a look at someone's judgment before they sign it? to make sure that they understand the, you know, what they're agreeing to with dividing pensions and retirement accounts. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I try to encourage attorneys, uh, if I can, to feel free to submit, um, you know, those, any kind of a judgment um, uh, helps me to know before, I, before it's too late, you know, if we do need to make any uh, changes. Uh, but it also helps to endear me uh, to them so they'd only want to use me and not any of the other competitors that might be out there. So, uh, yeah, anything I can do. Uh, yeah. That, that is a really good start. I mean, I think that's an amazing service because <clears throat> every plan is different and um, using past like templates or boilerplate language doesn't sure. make sense in every case. And, right. Um, but even from a client perspective, I get so many questions from clients that I work with throughout the divorce process about their choices and dividing up the pensions. And I'm only doing that because I'm I'm working with them as a divorce financial planner. But for right. people that don't have a divorce financial planner, I would think that having a conversation with you before they sign an agreement uh, would be really helpful. 
have touched the, the tip of the iceberg in terms of the information that you have to give out? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, no, I, I think I think those are the big things. You know, it's you can never have uh, never ask enough questions, and um, nobody's going to care about your money like you do. So um, keep keep at it, keep going until you're satisfied and you know what you're trying to do uh, to take care of yourself and your money. That's great. Thank you so much, Dave. This was a great conversation. Okay, absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Wealthy After Divorce podcast. You can find more information on Melissa Fradenberg and Jackie Ressler on our website, www.pearlplan.com as well as on our podcast website, www.wealthyafterdivorce.com.